I'm informing you that this is being recorded. Oh, are we recording already? We are already recording. Awesome. Okay, I am aware that I am being recorded. I have to, I have to tell you, like, I'm weirdly nervous about about talking about this subject. Really? Why? You know, I'm not super publicly vocal about issues that could be political or religious. And I feel like this one has... Shouldn't be. Well, no, I mean, it shouldn't be. It should just be... <laughs> uh, all this should be is science, but it's right. not. It's not just science. There are people who come at this from religious perspectives and who come at this from purely political perspectives. And mm. it's like, guys, it's science. No, no. But first, let's talk about us and who we are. So um, I'm Kate. And I'm Beth. And we mm-hmm. are friends who live far away. Yeah, and talk she lives to in each Washington. Yep. And she lives in California, Southern California. We're not, yes. we're not talking about only Oregon between us. No, there's a lot of California between us, too. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of Washington between us, too. I mean, technically, Wenatchee is centrally located in the state. But, I mean, it's a, it's a long drive to get from me to you. Yes. Yes, it is. It's only like a three-hour flight, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it would be a shorter flight if we could fly directly to each other, but we yeah. have to do a stopover. I know. I have. A, I live in a tiny town that has a little pond hopper airport. And it um, only flies in and out of Seattle. Yeah, so I always have to have layovers in Seattle no matter what. Yep. And there's only four flights per day that fly out of Pangborn, so. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no choices at all. No. All, all right. right. Oh, and we should also say that this is uh, Call Me on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That's the name of this podcast. Because we call each other on Wednesday to talk about things that interest us. That's what we're doing. And today, what we're talking about is sustainability. And climate change is real. Climate change is real. There is no argument against it. Science is there. Go read every study that they've done for the last what? I mean, I don't know, many, a couple decades. At least 20 years. You have to say at least 20 years there's been Mm -hmm. enough studies that have come out about this. Quit denying it. If you want to go to a legit site, and I don't know, maybe this is a controversial site. I don't think so, but it's climate.nasa.gov backslash evidence. And they lay (laughs) out all the evidence as to why there's climate change. And there's even on a separate page on the climate.nasa.gov site, it says that 97% or more of actively publishing climate scientists agree that climate warming trends are extremely likely due to human activities. 97% of scientists. I feel like that's unheard of. I mean, the thing is, is that once you actually look at the facts, it's irrefutable. And I, I get it. Okay, so Earth has gone through periods of warming and cooling over the course of its, you know, however many bajillion years. I don't know how old the Earth is. Well, I do, but I don't I don't remember the exact number because I didn't look it up, and I'm not the one that does research here. That's Beth. You can ask Beth. <laughs> I didn't look that one up. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but, like, you know, the, we have gone through periods of warming and cooling, but it's never gone through this much of a dramatic change. Oh, I do have this data. Oh, cool. Sweet. Okay, so based on ice cores, this is again from the NASA site, based on ice core samples, uh, carbon dioxide levels have fluctuated, and we have gone through warming and cooling, but they never reached above and I used it, I looked at a chart, and so I don't have the exact numbers, but it was, it looked like it was around 300 parts per million. And the range was somewhere, the range over, you know, and we're talking about, they were talking about like 800,000 years right. ago. <laughs> it was between 170 and 300 parts per million, but never went above 300 or around okay. that level until 1950, when it went okay. above 300 for the first time. Mm-hmm. And currently, it's at around 410. Yeah. And when you look at the span of the time, our time is such a short time, but never has it increased and the the increase keeps increasing and the speed at which things are increasing i mean it's just the data is all over the place ocean temperatures average surface surface temperatures what was the other thing the number of record high temp events has increased since 1950 while the number of record low temps has decreased yeah you know i mean i can even say from just living in my town Mm-hmm. My town has gotten more temperate in the winter, and it's gotten a lot hotter in the summer. Yeah, like and it's not to say that there aren't moments of very frigid temps. Oh, heck yeah. We get below but, freezing all the time. But, it, but it, they're it, shorter and fewer and far between. Did you know there was a time in the 30s where the Columbia River actually froze over? Yes. I remember How hearing cold, about it. 
would it have to have been for the Columbia River to freeze over? Like The largest river in Washington. <laughs> it's a deep, fast river. It would not be easy to freeze over. And a crazy and has that happened to me since? is yeah. the five warmest years on record are all since 2010. Yeah. So the last nine years, five of them five were of record them. highs. It's crazy, and the proof is in front of us. And we need to start doing things to try <laughs> To counteract it a little. At least slow it down. Yeah. Just, I mean, preserve the world for future generations, you know? Yeah. I'm so glad that you actually had that info available online. I was too lazy to look that up, but I'm sure Beth will. Yeah, I have three pages of stuff. <laughs> so sitting in front of me is my iPad with a single Google Doc open and it's three quarters of a Google Doc. And <laughs> one of those paragraphs is just me actually typing out how long we're talking about any given subject. <laughs> the agenda? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, I have copious notes, none, not all of which I plan to talk about, but I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared with facts. Right. Because this I, is something that you have to come out with facts because mm-hmm. people don't believe you. No, I know. And it, it, it's insane. And I hear comments about it all the time. In the middle of the winter, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people walk into my place of work and be like, that global warming, huh? Being sarcastic. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> global warming doesn't mean we stop having winter. No, exactly. <laughs> doesn't mean that all the ice on the entire planet melts. Like, there's no ice ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, in, it's in increments, but mm-hmm. increments a year, they'll, it ends up being a lot. So. Right. Well, and it's about doing you, scary stuff. Well, it is. When you think about two people, when people talk about, like, oh, the average surface temperature of the Earth has risen 1.62 degrees Fahrenheit, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about it, that's, like a, that's an average of the whole globe of the right. average temperature of the globe rising. But you think about different individual pockets of the Earth and how it's massively higher than that. It's an average, <laughs> so you have to assume that there are fluctuations within that. Yeah. But that means that there are places of the Earth that probably have increased a lot more. <laughs> Even more significantly, yeah. yeah. Well, what I, what I think about is the temperature of the ocean and the, the dying of the coral reefs because of that. Right. Oh, man, that scares me. When I actually sit down and think about that or watch a documentary about that, it scares me to death. And you get yeah. that, um, like, you know, I love Shark Week. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. And one of the big pushes on Shark Week is conservation of sharks, but it's also, right. like, conservation ocean of conservation. Ocean wildlife. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that they talk about touches on the fact that climate change has drastically affected ocean life. I mean, yeah. all across the board. And it's it's scary to think about. But also, when you think about how much oxygen is produced by coral reefs. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I I watched a documentary on it once. It was really cool. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was like, it was on the Discovery Channel during Shark Week. Ooh. I I watched Shark Week. I want to say it was like four four or five years ago, even, that I watched it. Shark Week almost makes me want to get cable again. Oh, me too. I talked about it last week about how wanting to watch the ID channel makes me want cable. But, man, I did not watch Shark Week for the very first time last year. And I was bummed about it. I was so bummed about it. Like, I've been watching it since I was a little girl. Right. I mean, I think I want to say I've seen, like, every Shark Week they've ever done. Well, I think right now we should make a commitment to somehow find access to at least parts of Shark Week this year. Right. So, so we can have an episode about it. I need it. I need it in my life. <laughs> Dude, I could talk about shark facts forever. Like, don't even get me started on that one. Right? I mean, I could talk about bad shark movies because they're my jam. Okay. Now we've just established that we need to have a Shark Week episode. Everybody can look forward to that this summer. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, man. Um, so I did want to mention real quick, there is a Forbes list. Well, it's actually the corporate nights is what puts it out, but Forbes always prints it. And it is a list of the most sustainable companies. There was a list for 2019. That I didn't recognize, like, any of the companies on there because they're almost all foreign. Um, oh, really? Some, like, some American companies, U.S. companies are on there. Like, I remember Conoco Minolta is on there. 
there's more. I don't remember. But I just want to mention, they did an article, Forbes did an article in 2018 because Corporate Nice had actually changed, like added a new category for how they calculate and decide who is like the top 100 most sustainable companies. Right. And it was a focus on the proportion of a company's revenue that comes from services or products that are environmentally beneficial. So the one that actually won was actually, it was, it's called Dissault Systems from France. It's a software company for product lifecycle management. I don't know what that is, but I think it's supply chain software. They mentioned that phrase quite a lot in the article. <laughs> <laughs> and most of these supply chain software companies are actually very green, but they don't meet the minimum $1 billion revenue to make this particular list. Oh, but okay. what, I found that, what I found interesting about this, so talking about supply chains and all this and da-da-da, is they talk about how Amazon is one of the worst, like one of the oh, least sustainable because of all of the transportation and the fact that e-commerce is so much less green than a traditional brick and mortar. We can't really blame Amazon because we as consumers kind of have fed into it. I, I literally have ordered from Amazon twice this week. It's not going to stop me from buying from Amazon no. because it's so darn convenient. Yeah, but and I oh can't my gosh, help it, but I wish they would change their practices. <laughs> Did you know that there's an Instagram that you can post to, you can do a hashtag on it, and I forget exactly what it is, but it's all pictures of how unnecessarily they pack all their stuff, you know, like you get this gigantic box you don't need or like all this paper or plastic inside of it and stuff. Or I get a product that is a box that comes in a box. It it is insane. Like the packaging. And I I have noticed an improvement. I've gotten a lot more stuff in padded bags than I used to in the past as opposed to the giant boxes but of course the padded bags like i don't even know if they're recyclable like the the, the air bag things you know what i mean that, that come in the amazon yeah. packages i want to say i've seen the recycle symbol on those before ah but here's the catch: is those recycle symbols they all have a number if it's mm-hmm. like one or two you're usually good mm-hmm. but three through seven most recycling companies they don't take them that's the recycle plastic recyclable that we like ship off although wow. now we can't ship off anymore because other countries have stopped taking it because we just keep offloading all of our plastic waste. That's awful. Like we used to ship it all to China and in 2017 they were like, nah, bro, we're done. So yeah, just because it has the recycle symbol on it doesn't mean so like one through seven, so one being most easily recyclable Mm -hmm. and seven being the least easily recyclable. And I think plastic sacks, like the old school grocery plastic sacks are like a three or four. They're somewhere in the middle. So you think about that, they're we we all know that those sacks aren't actually recyclable here. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just put them in your recycle bin. I have so um I actually have a cu- a couple of um companies that I wrote down mm-hmm. who are doing some innovative things that I find interesting. One of them is an American company. It's called The Simple Co. And mm-hmm. what their their whole spiel is sustainable products with no packaging. Ooh. And they sell them. There's actually a shop in New York, and I don't know how far it's branched out aside from that yet, called the Package Free Shop. And mm-hmm. it's all sustainable stuff with minimal to no packaging. If you if you need, you can bring your own containers in and fill I them up with things. And it's just really fascinating the types of products they recommend and sell. And I wrote a lot of those down, but we'll get to that later when we talk about plastic alternatives. Yeah. Well, that's what's so funny, especially grocery shopping, is I actually find that products tend to be cheaper when they're all wrapped in plastic. Yeah. Like, it's cheaper for me for you to go to the stores that package everything up in a ton of packaging, a ton of plastic, than it is for me to go to, like, Whole Foods that does a lot of stuff in bulk where I could bring my own containers or sacks and fill them. But even, like, Trader Joe's, which is supposed to be, like, a more, like, you think of it as being more, more. like, eco-friendly, but it's not. They use a ton of packaging, especially in their produce. Almost none of their produce is loose. It's almost all packaged. I was actually thinking about that the last time I was in a Trader Joe's. I'm sitting there looking at how much plastic wrap they've got on all their cheeses. And I'm like, this just seems unnecessary to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I actually found while I was doing some some very mild research for this, some ideas of products that I never even thought of as producing this level of waste. And Mm -hmm. my eyes were opened. I'm just, oh, my gosh, this is something that really bothers me now because I am contributing to it. So recycling, I know you already touched on the recycle symbol and the numbers and what that means. We wanted to talk about our local laws regarding sustainability. Yeah. So I I checked the city website for Huntington Beach where I live, Mm -hmm. and 
I mean, it's all very basic. It's actually, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not unextensive, but it's very basic. Like we personally, we have two trash bins. We have regular waste and then we have a recyclable. And I know some mm-hmm. areas around here and some in Honey Beach also have a green container for green yeah. waste, but yeah. they're very specific that it really is only yard clippings is all you so can do. Is yours contracted out by waste management? Uh, no, it's like rainbow something, I think. Because mm-hmm. I was surprised by that. It's not waste management. But yeah. waste management is like, like they're, they exist here. Like there's a waste management of Orange County. I know because they are huge supporters of the organization that I work at. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, my particular area is waste management. So that's what I know of. But it's the it's exact same setup as what you have. Yeah. Except for if you live in the county, which I happen to do, you have to pay to get a recycling container and have it picked up. And that has always bothered me. It's free if you live in the city, and I'm literally one block away from the city limits outside in the county part of it, and mm-hmm. we, we don't get it. So, And not free. It's included in your regular waste management payment. It's right, not right. extra. So yeah. I couldn't find any information that stated that recycling was a different was an additional charge. I went on the site and I said like how much does it cost for waste services? And it is mandatory, mm-hmm. but it's only twenty one dollars a month and mm-hmm. there's a discount for low income or seniors. See, um, and it's but not, it didn't it's not specify if it's here. for it didn't specify if it's for if there was an extra charge for recycling or yard clipping. So I don't know if that's just included depending on where you are. That being mm-hmm. said, we don't have a yard, so I'm right. okay that we don't have the green bin. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the green bin is also an additional charge here um, in the county portion and in the city for, for yard clippings and that sort of thing. Oh, and car- so and I so I did look, though. Um, oh, we also, we live in a city or in a state, actually, with, with a bag ban. Our grocery stores do not carry bags, or they don't carry single-use plastic sacks. You can buy a plastic bag for, like, 5 or 10 cents. But it's mm-hmm. like a thicker plastic, and it's reusable. And so, yeah, so I, I, I and I loved it. We had, it was, no, it was statewide in 2016, and then I think they repealed it. And then I can't remember if it's a full California-wide one now or just in Orange County. But regardless, I should know that. But where I live, there's no bags. So, so the retailers, like, Kohl's still has regular bags. But, like, Target and all the grocery stores don't carry them anymore. So up until the last election, we actually didn't have a no-bag law here. And going into effect 2020, there will be a Washington State ban on plastic bags and straws. Oh, I like that. The straws, Um, I really wish they would get rid of. And that's already happening in the Seattle-Tacoma metropolitan area, but it'll it'll take effect statewide in 2020 is my understanding. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, they talk about Washington State being pretty progressive and, and, and green, but when I looked up a lot of these things, you know, Oregon's been doing a lot of this stuff for way longer than we have. It's like, like, man, Oregon's on top of it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. always more we can do. (laughs) Yep, there's always more. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I bought my, I recently bought a metal utensil and straw set to carry around with me in my purse Mm -hmm. so that I never need to use plastic anything. Yeah, we have... Um, at my work, we have, like, somebody brought, like, it was, like, a set of Ikea silverware. So mm-hmm. we have a full set of silverware in the drawers. We also have plastic utensils. And mm-hmm. we keep them all in the same little drawer thing. And whenever they refill with the plastic stuff, it covers up the metal one or the stainless steel ones. And so mm-hmm. I'm always, like, flipping it and trying to put the metal ones on top so yeah. that people will <laughs> use them more. Yeah. But still, like, most mouthfuls, they still just grab the disposable ones. Well, for me at my office, it's the same way because people don't want to take the time to then wash their yeah. dishes. So we Which had, we do have we do have we do have a full sink with soap and got a garbage disposal. Yep, got a drying rack. It's all we set don't up. have a drying rack. We do have an area where you could put it on a paper towel upside down and let it dry if you wanted. Yeah. To. Or you could just dry it with a cloth. We have a lot of cloths lying around that you could use. Yeah. Wouldn't be a problem. You know, up until two years ago, we actually only used real ceramic coffee mugs in the Mm -hmm. office. And that changed recently. They started putting disposable ones in there, and it really bothers me. Oh, I would hide them. 
Well, you know, I can't. I would, I would put them up in a cabinet where they're inconvenient and put other mugs down where they're convenient to grab. I would yeah, just I make mean, it very inconvenient to get the, re- the single-use ones. The single-use ones were specifically requested by the big boss man, and well, I then they don't can be inconveniently placed for him. I would they still are, hide I them. Keep most of them, I keep. Uh, I I keep most of it under the sink. Yeah. Um, and then there's you know a couple laying out on the counter for him, yeah. and I, I like to discourage people from using them yeah. otherwise. Like, well, we have a whole rack of mugs right yeah. there. Well, and people have a tendency to think that coffee cups are recyclable, and mm-hmm. almost none of them are because okay. most of them have a coating. And that is one of my big, big eye-opening things that I found on this. I actually did oh, yeah. think that, like, the paper coffee cups were recyclable. Were recyclable. And I, I, when I was reading, I found that not only are they not, but we put, Americans alone put over 500 billion disposable coffee cups into landfills every year. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's it's the equivalent Oh man, now I'm, I didn't write it down, but it's something it was like a ridiculous number of elephants. Like when they told you about it, you were like, "Okay, that's a large number." <laughs> wow. That's a lot of waste, and well, I had no clue. And, and I I'm not like super bad about it, but I I could use my metal thermos more often. Than I have I do. like I have like ten. I like, do too. There's, and there's literally no excuse for me never. not to use a reusable coffee cup, like a traveler mug, because yeah. I have like a million of them. And yeah. it, it is getting to the point where now I feel so much shame using a like going to Starbucks and using one of their cups. Yeah. That I will almost just. I almost feel like I just want to opt out of getting something. The last time I I went to one and and had forgotten to bring mine, I actually bought one while I was there. I did the same thing. I bought I because I wanted when I kind of wanted it because it was a really cute right. It was same. a it was a it was a cold cold drink tumbler and mm-hmm. it was so cute and it was rainbow and I love it. Yeah, I have one with um, sharks on it. So it's fine. So, so I, I I bought that one again, but. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a lot of tumblers, but I just feel bad. But the other problem is that it's, I also really like mobile order. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I can't use my reasonable cup if I do mobile order. So I want to be like, can you just like make it when I get there? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my, so I, my problem is, is that, you know, we pull up into the coffee stand line mm-hmm. and there's three cars in front of us, but the barista recognizes us. So she starts making our drinks oh, in yeah. the cups that they've got. So yeah. by the time we get to the window, they already have it ready to go. And at that point in time, it's kind of useless to just be like, could you pour it into this and use that cup for something <laughs> I mean, else. You've, you've already wasted so, I mean, the cup. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so that's my issue there is that my baristas are too good at their job. Well, now now you just need to train them that you have a travel mug. I need to I need to have them. I, next time I go, I just need to say, like, look, this is what I want to do from here on out. Yeah. So when you see my car in line, please hold Wait. off on making my drink. And Start I, making or, it, but don't put then, it in the like, cup. <laughs> I would even be willing to jump up and run up to the window and hand it to them right. if they wanted to start doing my drink early. Like, I, I you know, that, that kind of thing. But I do feel guilty about that one, after I read that, I was like, wow, that's a lot of waste that I'm contributing to. We all have our thing. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's Some people more than others. For me. No, seriously, that's one of two things for me that I felt really guilty about. The other one is toothbrushes. Oh, gosh, I don't even think about that. 850 million toothbrushes go into American landfills per year. Wow. That's and if lot. you're changing your toothbrush out every six months like you're supposed to, yeah. Um, sometimes they say even now every three months. Oh um, no. Yeah. Just imagine. That's I mean, so and they're all, they're all plastic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, actually, and I have no metal. I have a metal one. I've looked into doing like the bamboo ones. Yeah, and that's what they recommend is buying bamboo brushes because they're biodegradable. When you when you stop using them, you can burn them. Even I mean, yeah. Although that produces carbon, whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's the trade-off. And like, so I I, did, I don't know if you have more stuff on the list. Uh, no, those were my big two. I do have other. Okay. I have other products that I use, but those were my my two big ones that I contribute to are were coffee yeah. cups and toothbrushes. Because that so plastics. Let's talk about plastics. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a National Geographic article, and it's by Laura Parker. It's published December 20th, 2018. And now this is just one of many similar articles that I found. But this is National Geographic, so I feel like that has a bit of gravitas. But 
for one, it takes more than 400 years for plastic to degrade. And only 9% of the world's plastic has ever been recycled. 79% is accumulating in landfills or ending up in the natural environment as litter, which finally then runs off into the ocean. And what is it? Ugh. By 2050, they, mm-hmm. they predict that the ocean will have more plastic waste than fish, ton for ton. Um, so they're going um, by weight. Wow. Yeah, 2050 in our lifetime. And then the other, like, crazy thing. So there's, like, the trade-off of, like, so NPR also did an article just this, this last April, and it was called Our Plastic Bag Ban Garbage. Um, and it was written by Greg Rozelski, just to give proper credit. So plastic bags have really only become a standard, like, 40 years ago. And so they did a study, somebody somebody did a study of uh, areas that had bag bans and found that people did, in fact, use fewer plastic bags. And it led to 40 million fewer pounds of plastic trash per year. So it did what it was meant to do. And it created less plastic waste. Mm -hmm. The trade-off is, first of all, sales of garbage bags skyrocketed, especially the small four-gallon bags, because they they increased 120% in sales after mm-hmm. bans went into effect. And it also created about 80 million pounds of extra paper trash for people, especially in areas where they were giving paper freely right. in place of the um, bag bans, which I, right. which we don't have. We don't Paper isn't even an option now. It's either you bring your own or you buy the reusable plastic ones, um, which I prefer. And that all of this may actually be worse for the environment in other ways because of the greenhouse gas emissions in producing them. Because, A, wow. those are thicker plastic bags. So it's like the trade-off is like in order to produce the things that we're using instead, it's creating more greenhouse gases, but mm-hmm. it is reducing plastic waste. Right. So it's like which <laughs> which is How better. How do we find the yeah. balance? Yeah. And there's one 2011 study that the U.K. government found that a person would have to reuse a cotton tote 131 times before it was better for climate change than oh. plastic grocery bags. So I'm like, oh, 131. Like, I could definitely use a bag 131 times. Like yeah, a cotton I mean, tote. In a year. 100. But the Danish government did a similar study, but they weren't looking just at greenhouse gas emissions for, like, producing it, but they were also looking at water use, damage to the ecosystem, air pollution, and they estimated that you would need to um, use it 20,000 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, again, they didn't take into account plastic litter, that the fact mm-hmm. that it is reducing plastic litter. And so they really suggested the best practice is to just try to reuse the same bag as much as possible. And a lot of studies showed that the areas that had a small fee for bags was just as effective as the van in encouraging the use of reusable bags. So plastic, it's slowly suffocating our earth. But when <laughs> we try to reduce it, we increase greenhouse gases and hurt was, our earth. <laughs> yeah. So that was actually a couple of the um, products that I was looking into that would be great replacement for plastic products. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ones that I was really interested in were these, and it's by a specific company called Leaf Republic. Mm-hmm. And what they do, they're based out of India. They use a really specific type of leaf that's super durable. And they turn these leaves without hurting the tree at all. They're just gathering leaves. They're not yeah. putting down any trees, that sort leaves of thing. Leaves grow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so they're using these leaves and they're making paper plate substitutes out of them. And these are like hardy plates too, like seriously hardy. It's really fascinating the process they do. But um, their biggest thing since, in, since they've started this project is decreasing their greenhouse emissions as much as they can in their company in the production of these plates because they're trying to make them in bulk and any time you move into starting to make things in bulk mass production man my dog is going crazy just one moment um so anyway yeah that's their biggest their biggest issue the the company's biggest issue is trying to figure out a way to produce these plates in bulk so that they can get this product out there instead of paper plates without you know creating even more greenhouse emissions and right. and, they, the, and that has been their main focus and and so I really like that it's leaf republic if you want to look into it i i hope that they can start selling these in a broader market you know currently they're not in america because, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, well, and the shipping, you know, I mean. Well, and we haven't even touched on it, but, like, even worse than plastic, styrofoam. Styrofoam. I, oh, I can't, even, I, can't, I can't even with people who use styrofoam. I, I don't. I refuse. I no. will not use styrofoam. Absolutely will not do it. It's the, the only The only time I 
use it is when I order, like, takeout or delivery, and they happen to deliver it in styrofoam. That would be the same here, and there's only one restaurant that still uses. Most of the restaurants around here have started using the... The plastic clamshells? Uh, no, they're the... They're these paper, they're, and they are coated paper, but they're still recyclable. Oh, I think I know um, what you're talking about. Things that you can put, they're little, like, brown boxes, like little packages that they put your food in for yeah. leftovers and takeout. But, yeah, um, this one, this, this there's only one restaurant that I get takeout from that still does that. It's the Peking. <laughs> Styrofoam everywhere. Yep. <laughs> And that drives me a little bit nuts, but yeah. And, but and that's one of the, the the biggest tip that they had for styrofoam reduction is don't get takeout. Yeah. In the restaurant, do not take things home unless you have your own like Tupperware with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is hard. <laughs> I know it'd be weird to take your own. I, I don't know. I feel I feel awkward. I would feel awkward taking my own styrofoam into a or not styrofoam. Um, yeah, your own container. Yeah. I've like, seen it, though. I've seen it especially. So one of um, me and my husband love going to Shabu Shabu, which is the Japanese that where you have a pot of broth, sometimes buttery flavor, blah, 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 blah. You cook raw meat and vegetables and everything and noodles and the thing. But the big thing is usually by the time you're done cooking everything, then they add the udon noodles and you make like a soup out of the broth that you've just cooked all of your meat and vegetables in. And it's amazing and delicious. But it's also mm-hmm. like a huge meal. So a lot yeah. of people will take you know the soup home. And I saw somebody bring her own. She brought her own container because that particular shabu restaurant, it's like the styrofoam, the giant styrofoam cups with the lid on yeah. it. And that's yeah, what they give for takeout. And it's like, mm-hmm. But even if they had the paper ones, that would still be a coated paper. Yeah, and on top of that, it, you can't really put soup in those. Right. They'll like, eat. those are pretty much for solid foods only. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not but, like you can put soup in, like, a plastic container. No, exactly. No, so, yeah. so, yeah, they had brought their own, like, Tupperware. It was, like, one of those, like, little glass, like, Corningwares. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's genius. It is. It's super smart. I would still feel awkward doing it, but maybe right. I should just say... You know, change is good. Do it anyway, yeah. Because we always have leftovers, and my husband will always eat them, and it'd be nice to reduce that weight. Yeah, every little bit. So I did have a list of single things that you can use to reduce single-use plastic. Okay. And currently enough, most of them are available on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) But things that you already mentioned, like silverware set using reusable, like, coffee tumblers, insulated water bottles. Like, who doesn't have a hydro flask now? Right, exactly. Like, tell me you have a hydro flask. I have, like, eight. Right? I mean, of course, <laughs> you live in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> it's right up there with having a Nalgene water bottle back in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Totally we all had one. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is plastic. Exactly. <laughs> but we learned our lesson. I actually keep a reusable K-cup in my office. I do have a, I have a reusable silverware set. I, I don't have glass or aluminum straws, but I do keep a set of plastic reusable straws, and they have the little cleaning tool. So they are plastic, mm-hmm. but they're, they're like, they're the ones that fit into the, like, acrylic tumblers that you can get mm-hmm. at, like, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They fit perfectly in those, so... I have a collection of those. Yeah, the ones I have are, are met, they're actually metal. They're stainless steel. Um, there's a bent one and a straight one. Um, yeah. And then Devin has one that's uh, actually collapsible, and you can oh, put it on your keychain. It's really neat. It's it's metal with, like, a rubber interior, and it comes yeah. with this really cool squeegee thing for cleaning it out. Cute. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, I love that thing. And then, you know, obviously I have eight bajillion different things mm-hmm. to carry water and hot liquids in. Yeah. Seriously, people who refuse to use reusable straws, like I don't get it. Everything and and refuse to like make adjustments, like oh, I refuse to use reusable silverware because I don't want to squash it. I refuse to use, you know, or to go without a straw because I like a straw. It's like you're telling me that your like preferences is more important than the entire earth. Yeah. And most of these people are people that believe in climate change and that believe it's real and still <laughs> refuse yep. to make the adjustment. My mom, my mom would vote Green Party. Oftentimes, except for not this year, not this last time for reasons, but uh, <laughs> she she still she she gets straws with her coffee every time. <sighs> she won't stop. She, Can't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My mom's very stubborn. Yeah, having reusable K cups is great. I have a reusable K cup, and that's really handy. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Using loose have, leaf tea more than bag yeah, teas. I have cotton produce bags. Actually, I think they're nylon, but they're reusable and they're washable. That's cool. So those plastic sacks for 
Well, and for one thing, I, and I learned this because of our friend Kara, right. who <laughs> is a wonderful environmentalist and just has taught me a lot about, like, how to, like, just protect my body and the earth. And she, we were, she was visiting for my wedding, and we were grocery shopping so that she could make a meal for herself because she was on a specific diet at the time. And she, I remember her, like, we were getting produce and stuff, and she was just putting it in the cart, and I was so horrified. And it was like, well, those bags, like, stay in a landfill forever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's right. And it's like, why am I putting, like, two apples in a plastic sack? I just stick that stuff in my cart. I'm going to wash it anyway. That's what I do. Um, Devin, who is a germ-phobe nurse, puts it all in bags. Uh, so you should get him a set. You should get him a set of the reusable ones. Yeah, I should. I really should actually. They're great, idea. and they're you can put them in the. They're machine washable, so they're super easy to clean. His argument always used to be like, if we have a couple extra bags lying around, that's fine because we have cats. <laughs> at the time, we had cats, so we used those bags for cat litter cleanup. But, yeah, it's like, no, dude. But, yeah, those sacks, I guess, are handy. And that's one of the reasons they said that, you know, that regular, like, small garbage bags got mm-hmm. sales skyrocketed so high as people using them that used to use the the single-use sacks for mm-hmm. that purpose. But yeah. there's still so many other ways to, to take care of that refuse without I know. more sacks. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, when I get more cats, I'm going to have to figure out a better way of doing it. We figured it out. But, yeah, no, I, I hate those plastic sacks. And I, I don't, I very rarely use them unless it's something that literally can't be contained, like green beans. Right. Or like Brussels sprouts. Like, I can't just, like, throw those all in my cart willy-nilly. <laughs> I love, too, a lot of grocery stores have started having rolls of paper towels. So a yes. lot of times I'll wrap, like, especially when I'm getting, um, like, herbs or lettuce, I'll just wrap that in a paper towel. And actually, Devin has done that before instead of using a bag. So he... He does think about it a little, but that's good. That's good. He just needs he needs something in between his food and the cart. Like he yeah. can't the the idea of his food ever touching the cart just is too much for him. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. One of the other things that I've started to switch to, I don't know if it's actually helping the environment or not, but it makes sense in my head, is that mm-hmm. I've actually stopped using liquid uh, body wash. Um, yeah, I mean, it comes in plastic containers. And that's why. I've switched to bar soap, be- and mm-hmm. only- and I like bar soap that comes in a cardboard box mm-hmm. or that comes, like, wrapped in paper. Wrapped so in paper, just, like, or even, like, in specialty stores, you can get it just laying empty, out. Like, like naked. You don't have to get it in anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, so, did you know that they make bar shampoo? That would be nice. Yeah. I was that's like, the other that's thing. amazing. I've looked into making my own shampoo, but I have to buy so many ingredients, I end up buying just as many bottles. Well, and one of the things about that package free shop is that uh-huh. they carried bar shampoo but they also let you come and refill their liquid shampoo in your own container. I've heard of those. Like, I've heard of places like that. This should be I, easier to I do know. here where I live. I wish we had that here, but I live in a very small town. Yeah. So we're, it takes us a long time to get that sort of thing. Yeah. You just have to do the DIY route. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other things that I'm like looking into adding to like things that I do are um like those silicone bags, like the, right. the Ziploc baggies to replace baggies, those beeswax wrap those instead things. of using saran wrap. So cool. Super I want cool. some. Yeah. Agreed. Compostable sponges. Although I can't compost. I don't have a yard, but I don't have anything to do with, I can't do anything with the compost. You can't do any composting. Yeah. No. I mean, I can compost. I just can't do anything with it once I've composted it. I wonder if you, but I wonder if you could like sell it somewhere. I mean, you could, or just donate it, I guess. I don't even need to sell it. I just want to get rid of it. Right. But I guess there's also wool dryer balls, which I'm like, that's cool. I can get into that. Yeah. And I guess they keep your clothes less wrinkly. That's nice. Yeah. And then there's like glass Tupperware, but to be honest, do you know what I use for Tupperware more often than not? What? Empty, con- like empty food containers. Yeah. <laughs> like most, I'll, s- I'll send a picture to post on the Instagram. The bulk of our Tupperwares are the Faye yogurt containers, mm-hmm. like the larger <laughs> ones. Right. And I also get like our lunch meat comes in plastic tubs with lids. Mm-hmm. And so they're all... I think it's like Hillshire Farm. Yeah, we actually have quite a few of those Hillshire Farm ones. That's too. like almost all of our Tupperware. So I yeah. use plastic Tupperware, but it's reused. Well, I have I have the glass stuff that I I use quite a lot, but I, I should use more. <laughs> I feel bad, and I the part of the reason why I really like the food containers is sometimes mm-hmm. I forget about things in my fridge, and I want to be able to just throw it away if I need to. Right. I don't that often, but I like having the option. Look, I've done it before too. In fact, I've got stuff in my freezer that should not still be in there. <laughs> Things last a little longer in the freezer. 
Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not like molding or anything, but they're definitely not edible anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so on the same on this same topic, before we move on, mm-hmm. there was one. There were actually two more things that I thought were really really cool innovations mm-hmm. that are up and coming, but mm-hmm. they're not available to everyone yet. There's this 25 year old in Indonesia who's created a plastic like film that is fully biodegradable that you can use to make like hard cups that are Ooh. edible or, and you can make like a, a plastic wrap but it's not plastic wrap and this is all made out of seaweed. Interesting. And they have like stuff that's stretchy and sticky too. They also have like food wrappings that are fully edible. Um, they have soap wrappers that are dissolvable. So when you go to wash your hands, it just dissolves. That's so and cool. It's really cool. It's, it's all made out of seaweed. They have it, they've made tea bags out of it that dissolve when you're, the second you put it in the hot water. Same with like disposable coffee stuff. Yeah. Like they've got those too that are just that like fully dissolvable but not gritty. Like it, you don't get a gritty substance afterwards and it doesn't mm-hmm. make it taste like seaweed when it's an edible product. Like you don't taste it at all. It's just, it's fascinating. All the different things they said. The coolest thing I saw was the cup. They were taking bites out of these cups, like drink feet out of them and then <laughs> you could take a bite out of it and That's eat it. So crazy. You it when you're done. Yeah. And it, it looks like hard plastic and it, it was really cool. So that was a product the, at the current moment the focus is on, once again, producing it in bulk without producing too many greenhouse emissions. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the that's their next that's step. That's where they're process. at. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the third one that I wanted to say is this German company is 3D printing concrete and making houses out of it. That's cool. It's amazing. I've seen videos of that. Yeah, it's so cool to watch. The, I think the it was like on like the, the Reddit concrete. oddly satisfying. It pre- yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> because it is oddly satisfying. I like I watched the video of it for probably a good 20 minutes. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, I was learning stuff, but also it was just <laughs> really satisfying to watch. But yeah, they're. I mean, they're, right now what they're working on is um, they've already they've already started making and selling these bungalows that they can make in their warehouse and then ship. Right now what they're doing is actually working on making an entire town of different houses, different types of houses, and seeing how far they can go with this, how sustainable it can be. So it's really great. I mean, I think think it's it's something that in the future is going to be something you see more and more. Yeah, it could be a thing. Yeah, it was neat. It was really cool to watch the video about it, so... um, so yeah, cool. those are those are just the substitute products that I found that I thought were fascinating that I wanted yeah. to. I mean, wanted I think there's a lot up. of options, and I think if people are willing to make some adjustments in their lives, oh yeah, we we can make a big difference. Exactly. I mean, I'm not okay. Like, I don't want to get up on a soapbox here. I'm just as bad as anybody else at being wasteful. Sometimes it's more convenient to have a plastic cup. And it's, or, you know, like a package of yogurt, you know, not make your own yogurt. I don't want to make my own yogurt. Yeah, no, I do buy buy my own yogurt. And it comes in those plastic containers. You reuse yours, which is great. I don't. I throw mine away. And so it's not like I'm not contributing to it. It's just there are ways. There are ways to cut down on your usage. I mean, my mm-hmm. my first step, my first step is the straws. I'm done with straws. I will. Yeah. Well, my first step was styrofoam. So my second step is straws. Yeah. Yeah. I will but say yeah. restaurants make it easier now to because they don't they don't give the straws. They offer it. They, they wait for you to ask. They for ask them. you if you want one. Yeah. And I appreciate that because then I have the opportunity. My favorite Keens, our favorite coffee shop here in California, has switched to paper straws. Yeah. And has had a I don't sign even up. need a straw, though. Right. Well, they, they've had a sign-up for quite a while with, like, I can't even remember how many times, like, all of the straws in the world, how many times it can circle the earth. It's, I don't know. It's a lot. And so they and they put that, like, like, please, you know, think about whether you actually need a straw. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do like the Starbucks cups that have the, the sippy lid. Mm-hmm. I like a sippy lid. I like a sippy lid, too. I've never been a big straw person. I have, I so I really like my reusable straw. straws. Yeah. I enjoy a straw. I like to sip things from a straw. I like to drink beer from a straw sometimes. I'm not ashamed of that. Mm, yeah, you should be a little ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed. You and should be ashamed. When you get a beer at, like, a stadium nowadays, they put a lid on it. Yeah, so, so like, that you well, don't have, spill it. Well, I have a lid. I'm going to stick a straw in it. So I stick a straw in it, and I drink it from a straw. No, I mean, the lid is there so that from where you bought the beer 
to your seat, you don't spill it, but then you take the lid off and drink it like a normal person. No, bro, I just, I stick straw in and I drink it. It's good. Oh, now I want beer and I can't drink alcohol still and <laughs> I'm very sad about it. We have some really good beer in the fridge right now too. Yeah. It's tempting me. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Let's, let's turn this whole conversation around. Let's talk about how to recycle ourselves. Right. I, this is, okay, I spent a very large portion of time watching videos about different eco-friendly ways to dispose of your body, <laughs> which is not something I'd ever thought about until recently when Washington State passed. Um, a law allowing human composting. And yeah. this is actually already allowed in California and Oregon, as oh, well as you know. um, Minnesota, of all places. Hmm. Actually, Minnesota is where it was originally developed, the, what they, the, the process that they used to do it. And so basically, the recomposition process instead is like this. It's a body is put into a reusable vessel with organic materials like wood chips, hay, and alfalfa. Mm -hmm. It's then heated by a stream of warm air, and over the course of 30 days, the chemical reactions within the vessel produce enough heat to break down the body into soil, including your bones. And, and then the just, soil can be used up decomposition basically. That's exactly it. Yeah. And then the soil is given to the family and can be used for whatever they want. It's really good for growing roses, turns out. Oh, so, so I guess that makes sense. Then you can use it then for something. Yeah. To like, ah. Yeah. It's it's really neat. Yeah. It, turn, it actually, it turns the person into usable soil. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. And so I, I looked into that recently because I was like, well, that's an idea I've never thought about before. Because I always thought, well, and I still have this written in my will um is i want my body donated to science if at all possible and did you know i just recently learned this a lot of places that have cadavers actually do this composting process with them when they're done oh that's cool yeah and it's okay for the government to do it but there's a ton of states where it's not like the article i read said it's not technically illegal but it's not legal either until your state because there's so many rules about the proper way of disposing of a body. And it can be a touchy subject for some people. There are religions that don't believe in destroying the body. They don't believe in cremation for that reason, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So it is really touchy subject still even in the United yeah. States, which well, is why there's so few states that are everybody. It. <laughs> it's not for everybody. You know, I'm not I just think it should be an option. You may not be, it, it may well, not be and, the thing for you, but it should be an option. Well, and what I learned in this process is that it is actually the cheapest option for your family, which is Ooh. something that is very interesting to me. I do not want to be a burden on my family after I'm dead. Same. And so if I can go the cheapest possible way and donating your body to science, you still have to pay the quote-unquote death tax, which is the same thing with composting, but technically your body is, you don't have to pay anything else at that point in time. But, but with like burial, you have to buy a casket. With cremation, you have to buy a casket. But yes, with composting, vessel, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but with composting, you do not have to. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's, so it's cheaper. They actually gave me statistics. On average, it's about three thousand dollars cheaper than cremation, which is the next wow, you know, cheap Cheapest. option. So yeah, wow. Yeah, I thought that was really fascinating. I also, and I, you were going to lead into this with your thing, but I can come back to it. But my next one is turning yourself into a tree. Yes, I have heard of that. Okay, so I did look up, I found a mental floss article mm -hmm. on, um, what is it, 10 things you can do with your ashes after you die. Cool. And I was like, that's cool. I want to know things that I can do. Some of them yeah. are things that I already knew about, like you can turn yourself into like a diamond ring. Right. Um, there's actually an NPR article that I found uh, that was interesting because there's a couple of good tippets. They usually come up blue because of the boron in the body. <laughs> oh, interesting. Although other colors can crop up, but uh, they don't know why. Um, and there's a Swiss company that also says it once created nine diamonds from one individual. That's cool. Other things that you can, you can do with your ashes after you die, you can be an hourglass. Uh, you can be compressed into a vinyl record. Oh, that's kind of cool. One of them that I thought was kind of stupid is containing yourself into a teddy bear. It's like you're basically putting yourself into a container that looks like a teddy bear. Yeah, that's stupid. 
a tattoo where they sterilize the ashes and make oh, it with ink. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I am not favorable about yeah. doing that myself. But if other people <laughs> want to do it, like that's cool. Yeah, go for um, it. <laughs> there's one company that will turn you turn your ashes into a set of 240 pencils, and then it Dang. all is in a wooden box that has a sharpener, so that you actually the shavings go into the box to be kept into the box. Which I figure, like at that point, aren't you just keeping a box instead of an urn? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah true. <laughs> A portrait, which most people know about, where they mix the ashes with the paint and then paint a mm-hmm. portrait. Stained glass. I don't know how that yeah. works, but they bond it with the remains somehow. Actually, my brother's ex-wife mm-hmm. had glass, colored glass necklaces blown for her mm-hmm. and her sister out of her mother's ashes. Oh, and they were sweet. quite pretty, yeah. Um, and they just use it. They, they can actually just mix it straight into the glass stuff that makes glass. Yeah. Sand and whatever. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. The other one was a firework. And oh, that'd some be of the, cool. Some of the company, I mean, that makes sense because it's just like ashes going in with the, the gunpowder. But one of the funny, the names of the companies that do it are kind of funny. There's one called Heavenly Stars Firework. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called Holy Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a firework now. And then the the last thing on the list was turning yourself into a tree. (laughs) Yeah, so the the turning yourself into the tree one, it's really cool. They can do it two different ways. They've got these organic pods that are essentially human composting. Again, only the pod has a seed for a tree in it as well. Mm -hmm. So as your body composts and turns into soil, it grows this tree out of it. And then the other way is using your ashes, because ashes actually are really helpful to growing certain things. They've got the right types of chemicals in them to help plants grow. Mm -hmm. So the other way is just using your ashes in a a soil mixture that they plant a sapling in, and Mm -hmm. then they grow the sapling from your ashes, basically. So those are those those two options if you want to be a tree. I like the idea because then you have memorial forests, Mm -hmm. and I think oh, that's I like that. cool, right? Wouldn't that be, I don't know, I think that would be neat. Well, and I mean, probably spent, haunted, but neat. I spent so much of my life basically contributing to the cutting down of many trees. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the right thing to do to to make sure at least one more grows in my in my, in my my absence. <laughs> I think it's a really cool idea. I actually do. I think it's kind of weirdly I think it's romantic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that being said, like, I don't put much. I'm not a particularly spiritual person. Like I, so I like the idea of my remains contributing to the earth in some way, in some positive way, other than I just mean, like rotting in a box in a graveyard. As you know, I am a religious person, and one of the most famous sayings from the Bible. I mean, ashes to ashes, dust mm-hmm. to dust. We are as ashes. I mean, basically. It's biblical to do mm-hmm. that, to go back into the earth and become the earth. I think it's Which, biblical. I feel like then it's like this perfect marrying of like the religious and non-religious, like coming together and finding the solution for, you know, how we treat ourselves after and our relatives after they pass right. in a way that I think is just, is both respectful and beneficial. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so bottom line, everybody should do it because we say so. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we're experts on things. Yeah, but but if you want to be like a ring or a firework, like that's cool too. Like okay, I'm not going to judge too hard. I'm not going to lie. I do kind of love the idea of being a firework. I mean, right? But none, of my family, none of my family enjoys fireworks enough for that to be something that would be worth it. And I think in the end, after I'm dead, it really doesn't matter. It's got to be something that is good for my family, like something yeah. that gives my family closure or, you know, doesn't isn't doesn't place much of a burden. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a burden on them in death. For me, whatever happens to my body after I'm dead, I'm, I'm dead and gone. The body is yeah. just organic matter at that point in time. Well, and do, honestly, do at that point, it's will. like just, you know, donate as many organ- organs as you can and do the rest with do do with the rest what you will in the cheapest yeah. and most environmentally friendly way possible. Exactly. I should just put that in my will. <laughs> <laughs> just just make it make it cheap and environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting topic, and it does. Like I said, I was I was nervous to start this conversation because honestly, this topic has so much religious and political weight to it. It does, and I'm I'm always afraid of expressing my opinions on that publicly. Oh gosh, my dog scared me half to death. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I know what you want done with your body if you die, <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually don't know really how to wrap this one up. I don't know. Like, we talked about dying, and so that's, that's kind of, of up, final. Right? 
(laughs) (laughs) This is how I want to be disposed of when I die. This is how I'd like my body to go. (laughs) And on that note, I guess that's done. (laughs) I guess that's done. So, uh, yeah, call me me on Wednesday. (laughs) All right, I'll call you on Wednesday. (laughs) Bye. Bye.